0: Welcome to episode 286 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie or a TV series, an anime, a manga, a comic book, an audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, or listen to it, and then we come back here and talk about it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer.
1: Good morning, Melissa. We are recording Hello. this on on the the Super Bowl Sunday uh, of, of twenty twenty or excuse me on Puppy Bowl Sunday. Uh, it's
0: both; uh, they can share. I don't think any has animosity acclaimed. for the other. The puppies look up to the players. The players look up to the puppies. <laughs> no need for competition here.
1: It's extreme rivalry on this weekend, Melissa. <laughs>
0: Patrick have... Mahomes just being like, I hate that golden retreat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, yeah, I was about to ask you if, if you had plans. I know you're hoping to catch a little bit of the puppy bowl because uh, we, we discussed oh, that pr- privately. But yeah,
0: so, whole thing. <laughs> don't act like I'm an only partial puppy bowl viewer. Start to finish <laughs> for me.
1: There you go. See, r- rivalry continues. No Super Bowl for Melissa. <laughs> um, no, I I have some some p- people coming over this afternoon to hang out. Not necessarily watch the Super Bowl, uh, but we may have it on in the back I know it's streaming on Peacock, or no, uh, on Paramount Plus, uh, which we happen to have right now. So. Who knows, might end up watching some of it, but we're having some people over to eat some good food and hang out and play some games and stuff like that. And I think it'll be a good fun time. Good fun time, indeed. But, Melissa, what are we here to talk about this week?
0: Today, we are talking about the 1980s detective dramedy, Moonlighting. Uh And we decided that this year on the review show, we were going to do things that were a lot more collaborative, more mutual. It's not like we're taking turns between a Kyle episode and a Melissa episode. But that being said, this is real Melissa ass shit. So thank you for letting me (laughs) watch
1: this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely um this is one that you had had talked about a few times i I, we either made it on the podcast or or not you had mentioned this to me as something you wanted to check out or find some way for us to watch it some some how um so yeah with our new format here we're able to watch like two whole seasons in one go and get to talk about that which is exciting um, we did not get to watch the entirety of the show, but these these first two mm. seasons seem to be a real good chunk. Um, from what I understand, just from like glancing over Wikipedia, it seems that season three was also pretty good, and then people's opinions of the show after that kind of went downhill a little bit, 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 bit. So I think we watched a good chunk of of like. This is the good stuff. Here you go. Watch this. Watch Moonlighting Seasons 1 and 2. So,
0: mm-hmm. Season 1 Where is did... only six episodes. Season 2 is 18. So that's yeah. pretty much a standard like 24-episode season, if you look at it that way. Last year, we watched all of Fringe, and those seasons mm-hmm. were about 24 episodes each.
1: Absolutely. How did you hear about this show? Where did you come across it?
0: I was a TV guide child. <laughs> I read a lot of TV guide and I watched I Love the 80s on VH1. So I knew Moonlighting as uh, a touchstone. As this is, it, it, it's Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd, and they're these detectives and they bicker all the time. It's one of the early, maybe this is where the TV show Will They Won't They relationship drama comes from. I can't name a really pivotal one prior to this. And then this set up things like The X-Files and a whole model of shows that followed it. Lots of shows were described as moonlighting, but this. X-Files is moonlighting, but aliens. Bones is moonlighting, but skeletons. So I've always known what it was. I'd seen it referenced so many times. But it wasn't available. I think the show was held up with like music licensing rights or something Mm. like that. So I never saw it rerunning when I was a kid. I don't remember seeing like a DVD box set anywhere. It was also the kid who would scroll through all just hit every used video store. Look at every TV (laughs) box set. This is what I spent my allowance on in high school. And it just hit streaming like three months ago. Uh, it is now available on hulu cool. for the first time in a very long time so as soon as i saw it i'm like this must be watched we not only by me as an individual but we have to bring this on the review show because we've accidentally covered a lot of bruce willis content
1: yes yeah uh not planning to but bruce I, is a mainstay on, on on the review show i
0: feel like <laughs> you and i don't have any strong feelings about him individually no. but the third unit of the review show the review show loves bruce Willis. yeah <laughs>
1: um yeah this was a show that i was not familiar with until you mentioned it to me um and so everything I kind of knew about it was what you told me, that it is this, yeah, this uh, thing that a lot of TV writers or TV shows will look back on and be like, that's the will they won't they, like, prime example. Mm. Um, and so I, I I went into it very much expecting that. Um, and I I don't think the show disappoints in that regard. Um I I enjoyed watching the the show. I think this it's it's an interesting show for us to watch on the review show cuz it's DNA is in a bunch of different television shows that we've seen throughout the year. I know you listed off some that it's like it's moonlighting but it's this. I also see it in uh like Shits Creek or like in in Mm. stuff like that just in in different kinds of sitcoms um stuff like that it does not have to be the 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 two detectives right yeah
0: yeah right that's that's another element to bring up that i've lost all my money and i have this one remaining asset so i'm gonna put everything i have into this business i forgot that i owned
1: right yeah um so it's 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 interesting to see its DNA in a bunch of these shows that we've already watched or whether it's been here on the show or just on, on our own time um and I think as much as it is fascinating to watch because of that I also found the show frustrating to watch sure. um I a part of that is the will they won't they they do a great job mm-hmm. of of th- th- that but i a- also found bruce where where this is character just an asshole and like not even a charming <laughs> ass asshole like an asshole's ass asshole Of just like why would you fall for this g- g- guy this is ridiculous like don't no, don't spend your time fire him get him out of here he's toxic <laughs> and the whole t- <laughs> I- time it's supposed to be this like romantic will they won't they and they do a great job of it i have to admit it was awesome I, yeah but i'm I'm still just like but he's an asshole i hate him
0: <laughs> i it is it is from the mid 80s yeah uh i imagine if you watched almost anything from the mid 80s you may experience similar frustrations it's a product of its time uh i think this was the thing that put him on the map okay. and he does arrive with real movie star energy. he does yes yeah They choose to deliver that energy with David Addison. The character never shuts up. He talks a mile a minute. He just rambles on and on and on. He has permanent sunglasses energy. He acts like the Chester Cheeto. He (laughs) just grounds in, he's wearing sunglasses. (laughs) He's real jazzy for no reason. He's trying to get you to do something.
1: That's a great way to describe him. He's just Chester Cheeto. Oh, my God.
0: Right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's so funny. Um, yeah. I mean, like he he has a great presence on on the show. Mm. He has he has a demanding presence on screen. Um, and yes, Sybil Sharp, who plays Maddie H- Hayes. Sybil Shepard. Um, yeah, yeah, yes. Hi, Sybil Shepard. Um, she plays Maddie. Hayes is equally demanding but in a different way uh, like she she is the beauty on, on screen right mm. and every time it, it gives her like a close-up whoa one shot it's almost in this like dreamy like very soft yes. lit look where it's just like oh it's a fantasy what a breath of fresh air uh, it's Maddie Hayes <laughs> right and it, like it's so it, completely different different from when you see David who's just high strung, always moving, always talking, yes. always just saw something. Um, and so mm. it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting combination for sure, for sure. Mm. Um, but uh, b- besides David's character or Bruce, Willis's character. We briefly mentioned kind of the like, inciting thing that happens Mm. in the pilot is that maddie Hayes basically all her money gets stolen by her like ex-manager or something her ex-accountant um and he runs off with most of it but yeah there's this like Little dinky detective agency that seemed to not be making money anyways. So he never took it like he never Mm -hmm. like liquidated all the assets and stuff and was just like, "Eh, I'll just give that to her. Right. So she is starting to make the move to be like, well, I need to fire all these people and get as much money back that I can. Uh, And of course, as she goes to do this, they kind of stumble onto a murder case. Um, and then Mm. they have to solve it and then that gives them this up well maybe i i can make some money here with this maybe we can do something and make something out of this and that's kind of how the show uh progresses um but this was also another one of the frustrating things that i found is like that is mostly it they bring it up every now and then like like once or twice in season two more towards the end Mm. of this season but they just kind of forget that premise and that she's like scraping for money and it's just case of the week
0: they say it a lot they're constantly talking about we have to take this case because we need the money but we don't see any evidence of them scraping around for money like Maddie remains as glamorous as yeah. she ever has. They have multiple employees
1: an and who knows what the hell they do. <laughs>
0: There's right. They're acting like it's just the two of them and Miss Pesto, the yeah. quirky receptionist. They're acting like they're a little like three-person operation, but there are eight other people in suits walking around who like no don't really get names or personalities. They're just part of the crowd, yeah. part of the office. They look, they're absolutely it's not like they are keeping up appearances. It seems like the appearance is true. They look so successful. I can't tell what's wrong, except for that they keep saying. We are destitute. (laughs) We need the
1: right. It's so confusing because it's just like, I thought you guys were strapping for cat, like looking in all the couch Mm. cushions, all of that. But what does Steve do? Who, the, who is steve right. what Who's does he? he do get him out of here as much as i hate to say that like t- t- no that's not like i look the i'm a big video game fan and right now that the mm. I- industry is getting hit harder than i've ever seen it with layoffs and restructurings where a bunch of people lose their job it is terrible it's aw- awful and i hate that companies. Think that they can size up to do these big things and then size back down when they're like, oh, but we need to make better profits and do all of that. I hate that. Mm. But also that's the situation they're they're in. And I get that, like, sometimes you do that and it's just there's no other play. It's like, well, we screwed mm. up. We kind of need to let some of you guys go. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it's just like I'm sitting here like this show is so frustrating. I hate this. <laughs> but it's good i I had a good time though
0: i'm i'm happy you did i you're a crime fan yes i figured you would enjoy that part of it it's so 80s it's very vaporwave aesthetics that's a major reason why i love it i thought you might enjoy some of that too
1: (laughs) i i was looking up something and i saw someone on some website I, i i don't know uh they described the theme song as syrupy and i was like you know
0: what that's
1: a that's a good good way to describe that syrupy
0: i love the theme song this show is like i said recently added to streaming i yeah. started watching it on hulu and then i switched to the hulu portal you can get on disney plus at least there there is no skip intro button mm. i don't know if this is with everything that Hulu had shifted over to Disney Plus, if that's like a part of the interface that hasn't traveled.
1: It's only in beta yet. on on that. Okay. So, they, yeah, there's pr- probably features and stuff that they'll put in still.
0: But I was also like, is this such an obscure show that they just put it on there and it and nobody's gotten around to calculating Maybe. the skip intro button and how far it's supposed to take you yet? <laughs> like it it'll just play that's fine they'll watch it and i did i watched it every time
1: yeah yeah
0: the the show is set in la and the opening credits among shots of david and maddie and, and Miss pasto uh it shows you just sights of los angeles mm-hmm. including our old friend angeline yeah every episode there she is
1: <laughs> yeah indeed indeed um yeah, I, I had a good time with this show. I as I was l- l- looking up stuff about the show, I did see people like recently commenting on websites being like, yeah, I'm rewatching this now with my spouse or whatnot. Having a great time Um stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think it is an enjoyable show if you want something that is like a really light hearted. not necessarily crime show every time. It's not so big into the crime as like CSI Mm. (laughs) or something. Sometimes the cases they take on is like a robbery or uh, something like that. Something a little more not lighthearted. That's not the right word, but not as gruesome,
0: if if that makes sense. No, Uh, right. It's. Very light, very cozy. You do get a good variety of different mystery hooks. And this is a show that plays around with having specialty episodes. Mm -hmm. There's one that has a black and white, like 1930s fantasy sequence. There's meta breaks. (laughs) I had read that this show was one of the first shows that could be considered a dramedy. Sure. Like there weren't a lot of programs at that time switching between the two tones as much. And in the early days it would get nominated for both comedy and drama awards. Nobody's really sure where to put it. And it has this meta comedy to it where like David will look at the audience like he's Deadpool or something and make a reference to how he is in a show. They will do intros, not as Bruce and Sybil, but as David and Maddie. They're like, "Hi, we're David and Maddie from the Blue Moon Detective Agency. Welcome to a new episode of Moonlighting. We're here to read some of your letters before the episode begins." Yeah, and every letter is like, "When are you two gonna kiss?"
1: So it's like the 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 TV exec said that this episode had to be exactly forty two minutes long, but the episode yes. we made was only like forty. So th- we're here to just waste some time <laughs> and do all of that. It's just like, okay, <laughs> stupid, dumb. Which I love something it. Something
0: <laughs> that feels. Yeah, it feels fairly contemporary. I was surprised to yeah. see this much of it back then in the 80s, which is such a cartoonish thing to do. It's very Looney Tunes. Yeah. To know that you are in a program. Yeah,
1: abs- absolutely. Um yeah, or to, for, to like have them step off set and that it actually is a set like they're being yes. then like serenaded for the Christmas episode by the, the rest of the cast and crew or whoever is at, out there, their families. Um, yeah, and you get to see like all of the sets. It's it's like the w- w- weird thing. Uh, it's, it, this is a, a, a weird fact, but the way that Jerry's apartment is built in Seinfeld does not actually oh. work. That his hallway yeah. should go through his kitchen is boy, yes. and it's like it's not something you think about watching the show but then you see a schematic of like how the apartment is made it's like his hallway outside of the apartment doesn't exist that's weird um, but, but yeah they'll like step off set and it's like oh there's other people there huh mm-hmm. interesting and so it's good yeah it's fun fun stuff in Moonlighting. Yeah. Do you have any other kind of non-spoilery stuff uh, that we want to say about Moonlighting before we get into, into the uh, nitty-gritty?
0: It's, it's, it's only five seasons. It doesn't seem like there's that much of it. And like I said, season one is just six episodes. Mm-hmm. So if you're curious about this 80s television relic or you're interested in looking at television history it seems like this was something pretty influential a pretty low barrier of entry to get started and watch just like a taste of moonlighting
1: absolutely absolutely uh with that we will take a quick break for housekeeping and when we come back we will dive a little bit deeper into moonlighting we'll be right back Thank you so much for checking out this podcast. We hope you're enjoying it. If you didn't know, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots and a lot of hard work goes into making them. So we would love it if you check them all out. But none of this is possible without your support. Head over to patreon.com slash the whatnots and you can get access to over 40 hours of exclusive content, including our Patreon first podcast, The Pilots Club, when you sign up at our $3 tier. Of course, there is a free version of the pilots club available but episodes are exclusive to our patreon for two years before they hit the free feeds if you're interested in buying merch we have shirts hoodies mugs and more for sale over at the whatnots.com store Another great way to help us out is by subscribing and leaving a nice rating and review on your podcasting app of choice. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel for video versions of the show, trailer reactions, and live streams. And lastly, you can always find out more information about the shows we make on our website, thewhatnots.com. All right, we are back. Once again a big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters. We love you a lot. We thank you a ton. Thank you. It means the world. Uh over on The Pilot's Club, uh this month Melissa and I recorded an episode on Heat Vision and Jack. Uh a, a wild little pilot that I had a blast with uh starring Jack Black and the voice of Owen Wilson um and directed by Ben Stiller. It is a, it just a it's a strange strange show never made it to an actual show all there is is this pilot Jack Black plays uh, a former astronaut who uh was in an accident and now anytime the sun is up when he gets baked by the sun when he when he gets baked he gets extra smart uh, and Owen Wilson plays his his old college roommate who then got turned into a talking motorcycle who 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 got Mm. who got fused with his motorcycle by a ray uh and is yeah now just a a talking (laughs) motorcycle it's ridiculous go check it out um love a ray yeah uh if you have been curious about the pilots club but are not supporting us on patreon uh we also just released our first free episode of the pilots club Uh, For for everyone to enjoy, you guys can go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or catch it right here on our YouTube channel. Uh, We got to talk about Eureka, Uh, and that was uh, two years ago. We recorded that episode, Um, which is kind of wild to to think about. But uh, that's how it will work. After two years of being exclusive uh, on our Patreon, we will be releasing the Pilots Club uh, for free for the public. Uh, So go check that out. Uh let's see. Right here on the review show, last time we got to talk about Blue Eye Samurai, uh Netflix animated show. Um that uh, it was very much my up my alley. If if that is the one that it's it's right. very much Kyle ass shit. Uh Moonlighting is then very, very, very much Melissa's ass shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um
1: so go check that out. We had a blast talking about that one. Uh over on the Captain's Log. Uh, We got to talk about uh, football. Melissa explained football. I challenged her to Uh explain it for Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, she did a pretty good job. So go go (laughs) go check out Melissa explaining football. (laughs)
0: crammed in a lot of knowledge in the last several weeks never knew a thing about football before yeah
1: (laughs) indeed um and then uh over on the reactor core uh the last thing we put up was our spoiler cast for marvel's echo but uh in the near future here we will be uh doing a spoiler cast for season four of true detective uh Mm True Detective Night Country is, I guess, what it's called here. I think the final episode is, like, end of next week, I think. So um, be on the lookout for that. I, I could be wrong about when that exact date is, but... Uh,
0: Maybe tonight?
1: Is it is tonight, tonight?
0: episode six?
1: I have no idea, to be honest. But uh, it will be happening in the near future, so keep uh, your eyes out for that. But, yeah, I think that is about it for uh, housekeeping stuff. So... Without further ado, let's get on to spoilers for Moonlighting. Okay, Moonlighting. Melissa, mm-hmm. you've been raring yeah. to go with this uh, episode, so l- let me ask you this. Was there anything about the show that surprised you? What were you not expecting that was in, in here? or What stood out that you just like didn't think would be as A a part of the
0: show. I had read it was a dramedy. So I was expecting it tonally to be somewhere in the middle of those two genres. And instead, it just severely pendulums back and forth between the two. There are very screwball comedy moments. There's stuff in this series that is jaw droppingly silly.
1: Yes. Like
0: absolute bananas. Bananas and, and cream pies really... and
1: food fights. and
0: Oh, oh, yes. Several literal food fights and like wacky Benny Hill chases were operating in that space. But then when it does get serious, it's really effective. It's very poignant and emotional. Sometimes it talks about these really important or, or haunting issues. Like mm-hmm. there's an episode early in season two where this woman comes to the detective agency and she's wearing this like black lace veil over her face. You can't see her face. And she tells Maddie and David, uh, when I was younger, I had a relationship with this man. I decided to marry someone else. So my ex threw acid in my face to like ruin the rest of my life. And she's like, I've spent decades now never showing anyone my face. My husband went ahead and married me, but I can tell he is unhappy being married to me now that I look so monstrous. And she asked them to find that man who threw acid in her face (laughs) because she's like, "I, he might be the only person who who loves me. She's like, I have to talk to him. Like, I have been so unhappy. I want to see what happens if I speak with him. Maybe Mm -hmm. we're always meant to be together. Like, she's such a heartbroken (laughs) Bro <laughs> the tragic, tragic woman. yeah. And then when they're driving out to find this man, Maddie tells the story about how she went on a couple dates with a guy in college, and that guy like stalked her and she was really creeped out. Like it's really serious stuff. And then, at the end of the episode, the woman's husband has been going around dressed up as her because, you know, like her face is entirely covered. like she doesn't really have defining features. So he's, mm-hmm. like, disguised as his wife. He killed that guy, uh, the the acid-throwing ex, to, like, frame his wife so that she can go to jail. And then he feels like he can be free and he doesn't have to be married to acid face woman anymore. So, like, Maddie and David are both also wearing that same outfit as part of a sting to catch him. And you get, like I said, one of those wacky Benny Hill chases where it's four people in these identical costumes running through the halls of this hotel while the William Tell Overture plays. Right, And they're all running through the dining room and one by one they knock over this poor waiter and he keeps spilling all this food. Yeah. That's what an episode of this show does. It can be so haunting and so preposterous all in one. Yeah. Not at the same time. Like I said, they don't operate in a middle ground. It's one or the other. Flipping back and forth between the two of them rapidly.
1: Absolutely. Um, When it goes into the slapstick stuff, it goes all the way. It's not just like a single bit that happened. Like one person gets slapped and that's it. It's like, no, now we're going to have a two minute chase scene with a lot of like food being spilled on rich, fancy people. And they've ruined their suits and all this stuff. Right. Um, But then it like. Again, it's kind of meta because they they know they know the kind of show they're in. They know the kind of comedy they're doing, and so Bruce Willis's character is also referencing the Three Stooges in in, in times like mm. that. You'll hear him make the the like right, and he he, he mm. just does all. That. And so it it's it's fun to watch. Like no matter. When you just like tune in to the show, there's always something to catch your attention because it is this like it could be this real serious crime. But then it could also just be this like joke that that David makes or he recognizes. Hey, that's not her. Where'd her like hips, hip swing go? Like it's like, OK, you're staring at mm-hmm. her ass the whole time and that's how you recognized her. Come on. <laughs> like there's always there's mm-hmm. always something to catch your attention and and be like oh this is interesting this is kind of a fun show um but but yeah it's not it's not mixed it's not like a good blend it's just either this or that (laughs) Mm -hmm. so interesting stuff i I think for me the, the the thing that i was not expecting was the way it plays with the format of the show Mm-hmm. In in the in the sense like you said there is an episode where it goes like all black and white and it's like it happens in the 1940s but it's all the same characters and actors that you know just playing different you know um and like we've seen stuff like that in fr- in fr- fr- Fringe uh I know it happened in L- 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 Lucifer as well they, they do some mm. some stuff like that um I I like when When like crime of the week or case of the week shows do stuff like that, they play with this this weekly format formula that they're 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 everything on. And I I just kind of always thought that that was a more modern day thing of like we've had so many shows that just do the same thing over and over again. What mm-hmm. if, yeah, the same character, the same actors play in the 1940s? Because that's when the, the, you know, the main ch- chunk of the mystery needs to be solved. And they have this one clue that solves it for them in modern day, 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 day. And that's it. Or who knows what. Um, but it's just, yeah, yeah, to see it in a show taking place in like mid 80s. I was like, I didn't know they were doing this back then. That's interesting.
0: That's fun. Yeah. And they're getting to it so early. The show does have such a defined format that they can break it very promptly. (laughs) They're not waiting to do this stuff until later. Yeah. Like there's an episode of X-Files that's in black and white. Mm -hmm. There's an episode of X-Files with this like historical sort of a fantasy sequence where it has the actors that, you know, playing characters in the past. There's an episode of X-Files where Mulder tells his side of the story and Scully's like, that's not what happened. Here's right, my yeah. side of the story. But those are three separate episodes from seasons like four, five, and six. Moonlighting does all of those in one episode and it's episode 10. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> They're off to the races here.
1: Yeah. It's it, something else that I thought about too is that it It felt like, um, it. it felt like the, the 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 premise of the show was so simple and so stripped down that they could kind mm. of morph it into whatever they wanted. If they did want it to be a sillier uh, thing, they could. Because yeah, it is the case of the week, but some of these cases are also j- just kind of almost background noise for what's happening in the mm-hmm. show. But there's not much else happening in the show. It's just it's the case of the week and the will they won't they. And that's kind of it. There is no like B plot yes. of like some like relationship drama between De Pesto and whoever she's dating at the top. Like there I, is no I, like
0: there might be later. I went through and I looked at the episode descriptions for all of the episodes just to get a sense of where it was going. I think they mm-hmm. do add a little bit more later, but yeah, in these first two seasons, I Maddie and David bickering, Mr. Pesto comes in and says something cute. There's a crime and that's it. Like, there's no other supporting characters. There are no subplots. Right. There's no continuing storylines.
1: Right. There's not like one big overarching case that they're trying to solve the entire mm. time. So it it feels very simplified. And I think that is mm. partly why it's so s- successful in that it's a- a- able to kind of reshape itself uh, as it needs, um, which I yeah, I, I was not expecting uh, that to that ex- ex- extent. And to see it like like, oh, now we're it's we're in a dream sequence and now we're in this thing. Oh, we have a bottle episode. It's it, it's a it's a like mm. murder mystery dinner date on it. A- train where murder actually happens that's fun like
0: yeah that stuff is fantastic i want to mention briefly that the black and white episode i was reading that the network didn't want to broadcast a black and white episode because people might tune in and think oh the signal's broken something's wrong with my tv so like we have to have an introduction telling people parts of this episode will be in black and white and who they got to do that was Orson Welles yeah. in his final performance. Wow.
1: <laughs> Absolutely wild. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's interesting because th- those e- even those bits that they do have to introduce some of the shows, that's mostly just David and mm. Maddie, at least in what mm. we saw Um they there's the meta layer of them talking directly to the camera to to the audience but then there's also like they reference other th- shows that that do things like that he makes a twilight zone joke where he start he he does mm-hmm. a spot on rod rod sterling impression he does. i was like wow that was great <laughs> more of that please um but yeah yeah like they they have stuff like that that i i kind of also mentioned with the comedy too when they're in a silly situation or when when they're in a it just it doesn't matter what situation they're in david's character has seen a bunch of other pop culture enough to yes. reference it in those bits. And so it's not necessarily fourth wall breaking in those times, but it is the right meta layer of like yes. I'm thinking, "Oh, this is like a twilight zone in in in, in 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 And then he says that exact same thing or goes mm. into the, the 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 bit. So it is Kind of fourth, what is there a fifth wall that he's like th- thinking <laughs> he's, the same thoughts that I'm thinking, even though I didn't vocalize it? He's not speaking directly to, to me when he does that. I don't know,
0: but he is as aware as you are.
1: Yes, yeah, absolutely.
0: Are there any of the more emotional aspects of the show that left a real impression on you?
1: Ooh, um. I don't know. I, I don't want to say no, because I, I think the show did a good job with the more emotional aspects. But I, I think that's something that maybe I felt a little lacking or I could have used more of. I, I, I kind of want to know more of their backstories. I, we know Madeline mm. was a, a successful model. Uh, but who's David? Like who who he yeah. he he seems to just kind of be there. <laughs> he is just this like he,
0: he arrived fully is He is, formed, he is a
1: manifestation, on. yeah, of the detective <laughs> agency. Um but, <laughs> but that's the thing, is like I I with characters like him traditionally. Or at least the the trope is that like, hey, if they're a mile a minute, if they're talking and making jokes consistently, it's because they're covering something up. Like there's probably some kind of emotional scar that he's trying to hide that, that, you know, he doesn't want people knowing. Now, that may be the case. Again, we didn't watch all of the show. So who knows? They might get into that down the road. Um but I like that, I think is kind of what I was looking for. And I didn't necessarily get it, but it was also like, e- even though I I really didn't like David's character, they do a good job with the will they won't they? He does have his moments yeah. where it's like, I, I like, yes, in in this one particular moment, you did the right thing. Thank you. This yes. is working. This is amazing. Um and it, even when I don't like him, he's still doing a great job of the will they won't they stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and so I I I I think that works. Like there there is an emotional aspect. You want to see them get together. They yeah. they they do kiss on one episode, but it's it's not really seen as a super romantic one. <laughs> I guess I don't I, know. I
0: want I want to go through this. They are closer to being together than I thought they would be like fairly early on. They are relatively affectionate with each other. They'll give each other a kiss on the cheek uh, when they're really grateful for something the other one did. They do spend a lot of time together. Uh, Not a lot, but they do see each other outside of just working a, a case at the detective agency. It seems like they will go out to dinner together on not exactly date nights, and there is an episode where David thinks he is going to be wanted for murder, which is another really interesting yes. tonal yeah. case. Where the episode starts, this is a where good Maddie's one. in the office, she's looking for David, and she finds him like drunk passed out in his office and he's like, What what happened? I was in Vegas the whole weekend. I did all these crazy things. He got his ear pierced and his <laughs> yeah. earring is a little pig.
1: Yeah, it's great.
0: <laughs> and he's like, I just stumbled in here. I don't know what's happening. And then this old man comes in. The old man from home alone comes in and he's like, I have arranged for myself to be killed. I have lived a tremendously long life. He gives a speech about everything he has seen in his life. It's really poignant. Maddie and David are both sitting there like really entranced, really listening to him while David has the silly little pig earring and he's like disheveled with his five o'clock shadow. Yeah. And he's like, I've I'm done. I've lived a great life. I would like to die now. And instead of having my money go to prolonging a life, I don't want to be prolonged. That's more money that can go to, uh, my descendants, to my children and grandchildren. So he's like, I have arranged for a hitman to like come into my room at the nursing home, unplug everything. And I just want one of you to be there to witness that and to confirm that that was done. And they're really conflicted about it. They have a real discussion about how do we feel about this man arranging to have himself killed? Do we support this? It ends up where Maddie's like, I don't want to have anything to do with it but David, I'm not going to stop you if you still want to take this case and go to the nursing home and witness this man's death. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not a very special episode, but it is a discussion of a more serious, almost philosophical issue than you would have expected. We would get in the show. David goes there. The stuff has already been unplugged and he ends up with the nurses thinking this guy did it. He unplugged all the machines. He killed this man. So now he's on the run and him and Maddie have this scene in the parking garage, the tremendously romantic setting of a parking garage. I have to go underground. I have to go on the run. I don't know when I'm going to see you again. And they kiss. They have like a, a long kiss. And then later in the episode when like the case is solved and everything's figured out and David doesn't have to be on the run anymore, they talk about it and he's like, I didn't kiss you. You kissed me. And she's like, I didn't kiss you. You kissed me. And they're like, well, <laughs> if neither of us did it, then it didn't happen. They're like, yes, never happened. <laughs> Which I, I appreciate that we're getting these sort of gradations and steps forward and steps back instead of just one slow, continuous line.
1: Yeah. It feels yeah. a little
0: bit more grounded.
1: Because I like I, I, I do have to say, I think that episode was maybe the the more like emotional uh, one yeah. that I because it is it's it, it's them again playing with the formula like we talked about earlier, but in a different way where it's like, let's let's remove one of these chess pieces off the board. Mm-hmm. What happens then? And yeah, Maddie is kind of uh, like she's. I'm not sure what the right word is there. She's not struggling, but she is v- very affected by yes. his absence of just like, well, this isn't right. Like, the, the, no, he mm-hmm. needs to 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 be here. And the way she handles that is very emotional, um, not not necessarily in a romantic sense per se. But she she ha- handles it in a way that it's like, oh, she obviously very much cares about hit him and he's Mm -hmm. doing this because he obviously cares about her and it's just kind of this unspoken emotional not necessarily romantic it could be in certain aspects it's also not Mm -hmm. sexual but it's uh, right it's just this like we we love each other very much we're trying to do the best thing for one another here and she's like, I will solve this case, and he's like, I will go on the run, and I will do right. I I I, I yeah. will let you have the detective a- agency because you need money and you're poor now mm. and all all of this stuff, right? Um, but 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 yeah, they they do solve the case, and then it goes back to well, I guess nothing really happened, right? We 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 don't need to, yeah, no, nothing happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's another episode where it's not the main plot. It's really the focus of like two or three scenes where Maddie admits that she doesn't believe in God and David isn't judging her, but seems worried about her that like, if she doesn't believe in God, God will judge her, which is an interesting take on that. uh, Differing of opinions between friends where he's like, I don't want anything bad to happen to you in the afterlife. I'm, yeah. sc- I'm scared you will go to hell Maddie Hayes <laughs> he says yeah. something about Maddie like Hayes, I'm gonna pray wow new. that
1: wild life you live you're going to hell
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do also love that Maddie is kind of a square Oh, like she's, she's a she's a square, so glamorous
1: she's like eh, 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 she's naive is maybe the word cause she's not necessarily innocent but then mm. She's like, uh, yeah, she's kind of not like they there's in that one where the guy arranges to kill himself. They find out that y- the service he uses in like the back of this adult video store. And there's this one mm-hmm. uh sex worker oh, that you go see. Um, and so <laughs> the scene where the sex like the door <laughs> opens mm. and the sex worker sees both the, 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 the David and Maddie there hilarious but then Uh she's she kind of has no idea like what's happening or anything in this and she's like david she's taking off her clothes david she's really taking off her clothes like what's (laughs) happening here and he's just like "Uh Uh uh-huh uh-huh she's taking off her clothes yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) exactly i i maddie is so glamorous She's so beautiful. She's so intelligent and such an independent, principled, capable woman. She's not boring as a character, but I like that she's kind of boring as a person to the people around her. Like she doesn't seem to do much with her time off. There is an episode where David jokes about like she goes on a few. What are you doing? Every once in a while, but they seem like very chaste. Very much like, well, I'm I'm gonna put on a nice dress, and me and this gentleman are going to go have dinner. Whereas David seemingly lives this very rowdy, raunchy life, yeah. and he jokes about her going home, eating a quiet dinner by herself, reading a little bit, and falling asleep by nine thirty. And then you see that, <laughs> that that is exactly what she does. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that she isn't necessarily haughty or uptight. But she just doesn't. She, she's not a thrill seeker. She does. No. She's very independent and very capable. But she sort of has to have other people prompt her into doing something extreme and kind of stepping out of her very mild comfort zone. Yeah,
1: I I, um, I think she's also I did have to choose my. She's. I don't want to say she's overly emotional. That's not right. But she she can react. Physically, when she gets angry, Mm -hmm. there's the the scene with her father that she screams, she stomps, she hits things. Whereas David doors. Yeah, like David might slam a door door when he's frustrated, but he just kind of tends to isolate himself when he's angry, Mm. like he's Mm. not physical uh, in the same way Mm. that she is, which is an, an interesting kind of to- like inversion yes. on what you think they would be of like you would think she would just kind of pout and get silent and maybe go off by herself and storm mm-hmm. off but she she storms off and starts hitting things and slamming things and is yelling yeah. no
0: no 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 no
1: <laughs> right um and so yeah it's it's interesting to see if the ways in which they are flip flip flopped like you didn't mention the one where she's like I don't believe in God and he's just like whoa wait what hold on <laughs> i'm he's concerned like, you, have are, you heard the good news yeah. <laughs> like
0: yeah, right <laughs> and he's not like trying to preach to her you should believe he's only saying i'm sad to hear you don't believe in god because i'm i'm worried for your soul yeah also to talk about the episode with her father that's an outstanding episode that mm-hmm. feels really different from the others where Maddie's parents are going to come visit her for the first time in a long time. Uh, They're in town for a wedding or something. And she's talking to her mom and her mom mentions, you know, your father comes home late. I'm worried he's having an affair. And Maddie's like, no, no, my dad would never do that. And she's like, you know what? I'm gonna prove to my mom, my dad's not having an affair. I'm a private detective. I'm gonna tail him. I'm gonna follow him and find out exactly what it is that he's doing. And David steps in and he's like, I believe in you. I I believe what you're saying. But if you find out something bad about your dad, if you see that firsthand, he's like, I don't want that to happen. You want to
1: catch him in the act, yeah.
0: (laughs) Right. He's like, let me do it. And David doesn't have the sort of big chauvinist machismo where he like won't let maddie do things but he does in this regard where he's like trying he's not like trying to protect like her body he's trying to protect like her mind and her heart and her soul and her psyche with like Mm -hmm. i am praying for you so that you don't go to hell for
1: being an idiot it's that kind of energy yeah
0: So it feels like I, it's such an old fashioned thing, uh, but I, I like how it's kind of adapted into this show. Uh, and with this, with I please let me do this for you. I don't want to see you be emotionally hurt because of this this thing you want to achieve. And he tails her dad and he does like knock on the door of the hotel room and then another woman answers the door. And he goes back to Maddie at the office at the end of the day. And this really lovely, like serious, heartfelt scene where he just goes to her and says, I think your father is a good man. She's like, what? And he says again, I think your father is a good man. She's like, David, what are you saying? Tell me, look at me in the eyes and tell me you followed my dad all day. And he says, I did. And I'm sorry. Like it really pains him to break that news to her. And then yeah. they have this uncomfortable <laughs> dinner where they're meeting her parents out at this fancy restaurant and they're both so uncomfortable. And the dad's trying to play everything off like a normal time. Cause he has no idea what's happening. He doesn't know that his wife or his daughter or his daughter's detective partner suspect that everyone this.
1: at the table knows. Yeah. yeah.
0: And there's no twist. There's no, Oh, that woman, uh, she's a physical therapist. I I've, I've been getting ill and I was scared to tell your mother. Like, it seems like it is exactly what it is. That's the whole episode. It's not a twist. It's not a mystery. It's uh, this very small, like crisis of faith and lie within this little family unit. It's a really nice, like just four person bottle episode with Maddie and David and Maddie's parents. And like Maddie confronts her father like, beats him up with her, like, little envelope clutch, just slaps him with it over and over yeah, again. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then it, it, the episode ends with him, like, uh, apologizing to her. It's all really sincere. It does feel like an episode of a different show, but there's this... several episodes of the show that feel like an episode of a different show. Yeah,
1: which is why early on I, I kind of said, like, it's, it's case of the week, but sometimes the cases aren't mm. really much of a case they just kind of stumble onto something that they have to quote unquote solve mm. right um and yeah in this instance it feels more like um, you know maybe a, a show along the lines of like the incredible hulk where like he stumbles into town and there's some like c- characters he gets involved with and maybe mm. helps out their marriage right and then moves yeah. on to the next t- it it there more, a lot of
0: episodes where the Hulk saved a marriage
1: I don't know but that that like kind of or it's it's not a he, like right it's not a murder they're they're solving it's not a robbery it's not a crime it like it is like someone who's cheating that's something that a detective mm. agency handles but it is also yeah. right like it's not like they were really hired to do this it is more so just kind of like character stories here that's yeah. happening and so yeah it 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 feels in a way it's like well it's not a crime show for this episode mm-hmm. it still kind of is but uh, right just like yeah it feels d- different like you said and that's just I, like the, I, I, there's pr- probably better examples of like it, besides mm-hmm. Incredible Hulk I don't have that many touchstones of like sure. older shows like that but that like that is kind of the thing It's that that, that can ca- character would kind of stumble into town and stumble Mm. onto some problem some problem Um, Mm -hmm. and then even while he's dodging the law like he ends up helping those townspeople in some way and then moves on and everyone is sad and sad hulk at the end right and he walks (laughs) off Um, yeah and that's just kind of what it felt like
0: I don't know so we have this episode that's a, a much more serious and poignant and personal look at adultery and lies within a family. And then we have the episode where this woman comes to the detective agency and she's like, oh, I'm a leprechaun. I need you to hide me so that a man doesn't steal my gold.
1: God, like I. I, Yeah, I was like, how much does this show get into Potential supernatural stuff where it's like by the end the case is solved, but the real mystery is still out there, right? Like and I, I I also
0: like that David's like I don't know that she isn't a leprechaun. And Maddie's <laughs> like, David, she isn't a leprechaun. <laughs> he was like, Well, how should I
1: know? Like, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, like I I was kind of surprised by that one. It felt silly in a very different way but was also just like well this is kind of the stupid stuff they've already been getting into Mm -hmm. right like there's some dumb stuff that happens in this show for sure um but yeah by the end okay she's not really a leprechaun but then they do the the like i don't feel like it was a bad joke per se but again they like find the go 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 gold that was uh stuffed in the Mm. locker that she gave to them and when they call the like Not taxi guy, but the like air servant. I'm not sure what his job was, but when they call him him over, he also happens to be Irish. And so they just kind of look at each other, each other. And it it felt like this, like, oh, all Irish people are leprechauns (laughs) joke. Not in like a mean spirited way or anything like that, but just the like eye rolling, like another Irish (laughs) It's, oh my there's goodness. There's a lot of Here we go again.
0: very old fashioned gags in this. It feels vaudevillian at times. The pattern that Maddie and David have with each other is yeah. like the man was murdered. He was murdered. He was murdered. It's that They, same, they, they do, do the who's on first. Exchange. Yeah. They do that exchange like once or twice an episode. Most of the runtime is that pattern of back and forth. Uh, there's lots of screaming somebody's name a la the Dr. Scott scene in Rocky Horror Picture Show or that scene from Shrek 2, if that's your reference point, that <laughs> style of everybody just yelling names that happens in here a
1: lot. Yeah. Yeah. Tons of different references to all of that stuff. Um, I say we have to talk about Mr. Pesto. Lovely my favorite character of the whole show um cuz she is she is the quirky office lady but is on, like arguably also the hardest working in the sense that she comes up with a new rhyme every day yes. to answer the phone to like, Hey, we'll, uh, we'll find your dog. We'll save your hog. We'll find your cat. We'll, <laughs> we'll hit the villain with the bat. We'll do this. I will not eat yes. g- green eggs and ham. I will not <laughs> eat them with I semi- <laughs> right. Like it. it is that kind of, and just every episode is something new. Um, she's kind of an airhead uh, j- just kind of c- clueless not paying attention mm. half the time but also very in tuned to uh, uh, again in the same way that david is kind of aware of the pop culture that the show is referencing mm. uh, She's aware of the will they won't they that the show is yeah. doing. And so there's a, a, a scene where where Maddie and David are arguing are arguing and like Maddie storms off and Mr. Pesto comes in. She goes, oh, is mom and dad arguing again? Yes. Right. It's just it's, it's like I yes, Yeah. Mom and dad are argue, arguing again. Yes. Exactly what I was thinking. Um i i I like that she works there not just because she is is like wants to be a receptionist or anything like that she likes mysteries too which yeah. is why she goes on that like that like dinner party murder mystery dinner party she's so stoked to be invited to this this thing to solve this mystery um yeah, I I I had a blast with with her whenever she's on 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 screen, and always just the hello, Miss uh, Miss M- Miss Hayes, bye Miss Hayes, as they just like ignore <laughs> her and storm <laughs> off and do all their their, their stuff. She's, she's just so yeah,
0: she's so polite. She's so kind. Has so much affection for her bosses. A lot of the time, they have the same affection for her. I could tell <laughs> the when an episode is maybe with a different writer, there would be these sort of odd spikes where they treat Mr. Pesto almost like an annoying kid's sister. Every yeah. once in a while, that'll be the dynamic for an episode where Maddie just will not listen to her. They're like, Maddie, isn't Mr. Pesto your friend? Don't you care right? about yeah. her? Why do you keep, yeah. she's trying to show you one thing. Why do you keep shoving her away? I want to talk about this Christmas episode. Cause this okay. is remarkable. We A lot of these episodes start with the cold open of whatever the crime is. In this case, it's a family with a little baby where the dad is in witness protection. The guys he testified against find him. They're going to, like, throw him out the window or something. And they don't know he since he testified, he's, like, gotten a wife, gotten a baby. So this woman here's these, the men break in, here's them threaten her husband. She takes the baby and she like sneaks out real quiet. And you see, oh, they live in Mr. Pesto's apartment building. This woman's mm-hmm. trying to escape. She's got this baby. The baby might be crying. Mr. Pesto's like doing laundry. She leaves her door unlocked, goes down the hall to the laundry room. Woman comes in, just like leaves the baby in Mr. Pesto's apartment. When you see her later, she's like, I didn't know her personally, but I saw her in the building. She seemed so kind. I knew she would take care of the baby. I just had to get away. I I didn't think I could bring the baby with me. I needed to know the baby was somewhere safe. Yeah. So Mr. Pesto, from her side of things, she just finds a baby in her apartment at Christmas time. She brings the baby to the office. And it's a really sweet story where Maddie, who's this very principled, very stubborn person, is like, We can't hold on to this baby. Like, we have to call the police. We have to find out where the baby came from and what happened. And David says, Mr. Pesto loves that baby. We don't know where the baby came from. We don't know if we would be taking the baby back to someplace that's much less loving. Mm-hmm. Can you just let her have Christmas with the baby? And then, like on December 26th, after she and the baby have this beautiful Christmas together, then we'll call the police. And they like hide out at Maddie's house uh, in a giant glamorous '80s LA mansion. There's yeah. these really sweet scenes where Maddie's like, "You know what? I do loved. I love to spend time with the baby, Mister Pesto. You're right." Uh, and at the end of the episode, so. <laughs> The the way this episode wraps up is that these bad guys have learned the baby is because they want to kill like that man and his entire family. The the baby's hiding out at Maddie's house. They sneak into Maddie's house. And then during the standoff, David descends from the chimney head first in a Santa costume and (laughs) and his Chester Cheeto sunglasses. And then he has a big sack of toys with him and they throw toys at these bad guys. They're just lobbing like Nerf balls at him. And then these three other detectives arrive also in Santa costumes and they catch these bad guys. Absolutely
1: ridiculous.
0: David's got a big Santa belly and he like bops the villain with his Santa belly and the guy (laughs) falls over. And they cut to the office. They have their like denouement at the office where they're like, Sure, happy we wrapped up that case and we got the baby and the mom together and then it starts snowing in their office. (laughs) Not even the suspension of disbelief that, oh, I wish it would snow at Christmas even though we live in Los Angeles. What? It's snowing? No, it's not outside, it's inside. It's snowing in the office. (laughs) And then they walk out of the office onto the sound stage. And like you mentioned earlier, there is all of the cast and crew and their families people brought kids somebody brought their dog and they're all singing noel under this fake snow and it's really beautiful that this is one of the things they're choosing to use their meta comedy for is for something that isn't really that funny it's just very sweet yeah it's Uh, a nice moment they sing all of Noel. This goes on for like three minutes. You see everybody. Like they made it so long so that they can cut to everybody who helped make this show possible. Everybody's mm-hmm. covered in this fake snow. They're wearing these big sweaters. The fact that some people look grouchy about it makes it even more endearing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you have probably sing the did the a song. <laughs> wrong. Right. You're probably so hot that I don't know what that fake snow is made out of, but you did this thing uh, that aired to all these homes in America. You had to share this Christmas moment with all those people. It's still here years later. It went away, but now it's back. And now me in 2024 can look at yeah. this and see, oh my gosh, these are the people who made Moonlighting here with holiday wishes for everybody. <laughs> I, it's really sweet. I That's so special. I don't think I've seen another show do that with the level of production that they did where it's like Mm -hmm. oh we're not just like everybody's standing in the parking lot and they're waving and they're like happy holidays from us to you they're like this is an entire musical number everybody's here there's so many kids and a dog merry christmas from moonlighting
1: yeah absolutely yeah they they have some 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 good moments like that for sure um yeah, I, I don't know if I have too much else to to say on it. I already expressed my frustration with, like, why didn't you fire those employees that seem to do nothing? They're not even named. Yeah. Why haven't you sold your house, sold your art? Why haven't you, like, how is your business not profitable if you're consistently taking new cases and solving them? Mm. Where did that gold go to? Did you not invest <laughs> that back? What's happening? Like, there's so much, like... Your problem seems to be solved, but you keep saying like, well, we have no money, no money, no money. And it's just like, it's, ugh, what is happening?
0: You you can see that this is from a time when TV was expected to be much more episodic and it was yes, much more absolutely. difficult to know what had happened previously on a show. You didn't have a TiVo to, to record, yeah. set to record all Moonlighting reruns. VHS tape recording is probably still pretty fresh. So every episode is more like the self-contained thing. But there are some elements of continuity, like the inciting incident for the show is that Maddie's manager or accountant runs off with all this money. And then midway through season two, she finds where that guy went. Yeah. She finds that he opened a casino in Buenos Aires or something. So she goes down there determined to like confront him. And then when he doesn't, give her the money back and david's like were you expecting to just ask him to give you your money back and then he'd do it then the two of them like gamble the night away and just casually win twenty thousand dollars life-changing monies twenty thousand bucks and so much of the show is escapism Yeah. Like Maddie looks, she lives in the biggest mansion. She's the most beautiful woman you've ever seen. She's so glamorous, even though she keeps saying she has no money, everything like wraps up in this neat little bow at the end of the day. And this especially was like, just a like, not literally a fantasy sequence, but it might as well be just talking, laughing (laughs) $20,000. Right. Yeah. And she wears (laughs) this dress in that episode. Uh, And then several episodes later, when Mr. Pesto is, she's in a rut. She's like, every day of my life is the same. And Maddie's like, you know what? Let's shake things up for you. I had a ticket to this, like, private investigator's ball, and I don't want to go. Take my ticket. Be me for the night. Let's glam you up. And they have a a dress-up montage. Love a makeup montage. And Mr. Pesto winds up wearing that same dress. And they don't comment on it, but I like that it's the same costume piece representing this woman in both cases sort of stepping out of, I'm tired of being stuck in this situation. I want to do something about it. I am putting on this dress for empowerment.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. It's 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 fun. I I hear that season three is just as good and then... If I'm not mistaken, it's it, it, they 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 do, I think finally do something together. I don't know if that's they sleep together or they just kiss and like remark upon the kid. Like yes, yeah, so we both kissed. We wanted that. Uh, by the end of season three, I believe. Um, I think so. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 not sure what the reasons are exactly for like seasons four and five why people didn't like those ones as much maybe it's because at the end of season three they finally did the thing that everyone wanted them to do and then everyone moved on
0: that is Uh, that that is what i remember hearing uh and and reading about in tv guides talking about subsequent shows that followed kind of a similar format is you got to watch out for in moonlighting when they actually got together and then that was so much of the momentum of the show was waiting for them to get together that then after they did, it's like, all right, well, now what am I watching for? This like goofy murder of the week?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I um. I plan on watching the entire rest of this thing. I had a great time. Cool. Aesthetically, it is right up my alley. Maddie Hayes is the woman I want to be. I want to look like that every day.
1: <laughs> glamorous. I didn't remember
0: ever I didn't remember ever seeing the show But I wonder if maybe I did see some of it when I was so Little I didn't consciously remember it But it implanted myself in my subconscious Because my Sort of mental image of Glamorous adult woman I realize always has been Approximately Maddie Hayes <laughs> she's, I think she's like Deep back there from when I was like Two years old I'm like that's her it's yeah. a revelation. This is the woman I've always been trying to grow up to be.
1: Who knows? Who knows? Good stuff indeed. Uh well, yeah. Should I pull up bingo here? See what we got? Yeah. Oh, we oops, we I did a look mean. at this
0: earlier. There is some stuff we can get on bingo. That's yeah. one of the benefits of watching these episodic TV shows, is there's always one episode that does something weird.
1: Okay, so I'm pulling up bingo here for those of you watching the video version of this. Um pretty sure I had quirky office lady on here and I said mm-hmm. that I would not since I made my 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 thing uh after watching Ghostbusters mm-hmm. that I would not take that one but I would look right. for it somewhere else. So, let me see, where is my quirky office lady? Why can I not find it? Um, do, 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 do. sassy grandparent not what i was uh, looking for
0: not exactly where's my quirky office lady? do
1: i not have quirky office lady did i change it? maybe
0: called it some you have kooky office lady that's how you phrased oh. it
1: where oh it's yep. next to there it is it's next to I magic book i see it so, i see it
0: uh did surely we encountered a briefcase of cash at some point right
1: i actually don't think we did
0: maybe a duffel bag doesn't I don't count. remember. we gotta have a briefcase of cash what i am able to cross off on my sheet <clears throat> I mentioned that wacky chase scene where they're all wearing the same costume and they keep bumping into the same waiter. Mm-hmm. I think that gets me both action scene in a kitchen because they are chasing through the kitchen and out the door, and that's when they bump into the waiter. Yep. And I get repetitive destruction of same item or place, which yes, I put on here yeah. exactly for things like this. The <laughs> yeah. same guy, the same table of food keeps getting disrupted. So that's a nice twofer. Uh, I get Foggy Glass Shower Door for PG-13 Nudity, which I think is at the beginning of that episode. So that one episode is very like that, yeah. bingo. An Oscar-winning actor, because this show is full of great guest stars, including in the season two finale, Whoopi Goldberg.
1: Yes, Whoopi Goldberg. Others.
0: That episode ends with another... We are running out onto the sound stage, and they do a full blazing saddles chase scene across the studio sound stage. Yeah. At one point, they run into famed little person actor Billy Barty, and they're like, Billy Barty, they've <laughs> <laughs> got the classics. There's a Roman centurion walking around, there's a, a cowboy, they're all there. <laughs>
1: I think I I have a couple that I can also mark off. Uh, li- 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 literally hiding in a closet. Uh, yes. the l- leprechaun was hiding in the closet. Uh, yes. What about number as clue, Easter egg, or pattern? Because they have they have that like wah, 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 watch that leads them to the the
0: oh in the first tower episode. the
1: matching yeah the matching yeah sure
0: you can get clocks. that
1: uh let's see I, let's see
0: uh, about- i have un. Hmm? go ahead i have uncomfortable dinner party it's not a full dinner party but that episode where they go out to dinner with maddie's parents
1: yes yeah
0: i think that counts
1: i think so yeah it's mu- pretty uncomfortable musical
0: episode it's not a musical but in that black and white like film noir flashback episode they are w- performers at a jazz club
1: I would g- 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 give you that one
0: so there's diegetic um, songs in that one
1: yeah um what
0: about what about the Dreamweaver style soft focus romantic close-up Dreamweaver like the scenes in Wayne's world when he looks that's at the yeah era.
1: I I, I the Wea- to, to be honest I I kind of described maddie like anytime they do her close-up like one shot it is (laughs) that um
0: there's it's not from the perspective of a character it's not like this is david vision when he looks at maddie but like several anytime it is just sybil shepherd in frame they frame her like she is the most beautiful woman alive yeah the focus is so soft she glows like an angel (laughs)
1: Did we have someone waiting in the shadows to talk?
0: Did um, we ever get that? At some point, we must have.
1: I don't know. I don't remember a specific instance of it, though. We maybe did. Did we have a fight in the rain?
0: I don't think so. No.
1: Um, OK, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. It doesn't Trap rain in Southern Seal California. Door.
0: You know the song.
1: I don't think we got a secret door. Um, do we get any li- literary allusions?
0: Yes, the Christmas episode. David literally turns to Maddie when they re- they realize they have to protect a baby from three men they <laughs> have to protect a baby whose mom could not find room at any inn to hide. Yeah. Being pursued by three men named King. True. He turns to her and says, Maddie, I think we're trapped in an illusion.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, did we get golden hour? Any of this? I feel like uh, L.A. would be prime golden hour real estate. Oh.
0: I think with like the light coming through the windows. Which is, of course, just artificial light that they shoot in yeah. the windows of the set.
1: I don't know. I don't know about that one. I, I
0: think we're good.
1: I think I think I may have marked off all of all the ones that I I had here. Um, Did we get a big puddle splash? Because there is that one rainy episode where Maddie is just covered I, in mud i don't think we actually saw the we, splash we, though
0: no we don't see it she arrives at the office completely so drenched in yeah mud. yes okay okay. Right. okay
1: um did we see a sad bachelor apartment for david did we, we get to see his we,
0: we cut to him once one night when like maddie calls him in the middle of the night and he's sleeping but it's not a wide shot it's just a close-up oh, on him man. in bed so you really have no idea of the surroundings. I am certain it is a sad bachelor Eventually
1: in there. Yeah, we don't certain
0: have it the is too. <laughs> Uh He probably has like, it's like the apartment in Big. He has like weird, kitschy kid stuff in there. He has,
1: Right. He has like a race car <laughs> bed. He has a pinball
0: machine, an inflatable chair. He has like a
1: mini gumball machine right next to his coffee machine. He has to
0: 100 (laughs) percent.
1: Oh, man. okay. I think I think that's our bingo update uh, for today. So with that being said, Melissa, what are some things you would recommend uh, for people who liked moonlighting?
0: Uh, I neglected to mention earlier another pivotal early will-they-won't-they romance Sam and Diane on Cheers. Mm, Yep. So if you want to stay in the comedy space with a similar relationship dynamic, watch Cheers. We did an episode of our Pilots Club Patreon-exclusive podcast looking at the pilot of Cheers. That was a lot of fun. And the nanny. If you want to see a glamorous woman with like a different aesthetic outfit every episode walking around a beautiful mansion with this perpetual relationship with this man that can't quite get settled the nanny has that for you there's once bit on the nanny where they do kiss and he tells her he loves her and then he tries to take it back and she's like you're not allowed to take it back that's not how this works (laughs) that's funny Nanny's a lot of fun. Um, And if you want to stay more in the slightly more dramatic uh, uh, crime procedural space, I mentioned Fringe. Last year, we watched all of Fringe. Mm -hmm. The main couple in that is a lot less bickery. It's more of just a sincere here to people who have a connection and they will form a relationship while they also solve mysteries. There it's is eventually like a will
1: they, won't they? But it's it doesn't really start out as that.
0: Yeah, it's and they're not like opposite characters. It's not like, can you believe these two working together? If you want something that's more uh, naturalistic and grounded, despite this being a weird speculative sci-fi fiction show, uh, you can watch Fringe. That is a yeah. really well done romance <clears throat> at the center of that show. And of course, my beloved X-Files, I love the X-Files, I'm constantly chasing things that are X-Files-esque, which is what brought me to both Fringe and Moonlighting.
1: Yeah, we also did a a Patreon-exclusive episode, not of the Pilots Club, but just a Patreon-exclusive where you had me watch a few episodes of the X-Files, all written by the same person, I, I believe. Yes. Yes, um,
0: we watched the four Darren Morgan episodes from the original run of X-Files, yeah. which are four shining gems. Yeah. X-Files is another show that uh, has a lot of tonal shifts, but like one episode will generally be one thing. You will have one very serious like crime episode with a supernatural edge to it, and then you will have one very silly episode, like I said. Uh, There's one that's entirely in black and white, styled after an old Frankenstein movie, scored yeah. entirely with share music. Nice. There's one <laughs> where they go to a possible case of vampirism at this tiny little town in Texas. Mulder stakes a kid and then his fangs fall out and you see that they were fake. And he's like, holy shit, I think I just killed a kid who was not really a vampire. So what? the next they, I take it back. <laughs> so, right then, they're like, "How do we explain this to the chief of the FBI?" We have to get our stories straight. What do you think happened? And Mulder says all of this, and Scully's like, "That's not what happened. This is what happened." And that's one of the one of the funniest episodes uh, yeah. written by the guy who did Breaking Bad. The guy who did Breaking mm. Bad started on X Files. There you go. There's lots of gems back there for you to view. X-Files had so many different kinds of episodes in it. You will find one that you really like.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, Murder, She Wrote is not a show I've directly watched very much of, but one of my favorite YouTube creators is named Pushing Up Roses. And on her channel, she has a series called That Time on Murder, She Wrote. That is just her recapping really bonkers episodes of this episodic, like, cozy crime series from the 80s and 90s. Yeah. It is really similar energy, except instead of a will-they-won't-they they ro- screwball romance, it's just one very sweet old lady encountering yeah. various weirdos as she tries to solve murders. <laughs> Please seek out those videos. They're only, like, 15 minutes long. She's done so many of them. They're really fun. And then... uh So the Bruce Willis projects we have previously covered. Again, not consciously. We just looked up one day and we're like, weird. We've talked about Bruce Willis like six times. We watched the whole Unbreakable trilogy, Unbreakable Split and Glass. We watched The Fifth Element and Looper. And he is part of the large ensemble of Wes Anderson's Moonrise Kingdom. I want to shout out another Bruce Willis movie. It's a movie with Bruce Willis in it. He's the third sure. lead, but really it's the two women who are the stars of this. This is an early 90s movie called Death Becomes Her, directed by Robert Zemeckis. You may have seen this in retrospectives on CGI. The plot of this movie is that these two women were originally friends, and then like one of them took the other's boyfriend, who was Bruce Willis, And these two women have been bickering, they've been feuding, they've been rivals for years. Both of them want to stay beautiful and young so that they can get the man. And they each find this uh, immortality (laughs) potion to where they will no longer age and they can't die. And I think one of them doesn't know that the other one has it. So it's these two women trying to kill each other and they can't die. So they're Mm. getting like holes shot through their abdomens. They're getting their neck twisted all the way around. Real Looney Tunes antics here.
1: Good claim. And this was some
0: of the this was some of the first CGI recreating the human form in cinema. So maybe you know it from that context. I gotcha. But the movie's a a lot of fun and it is a really unique Bruce Willis performance where he's kind of a sad sack he's such a pathetic pushover he's not in a mode that you typically see him in uh and i know he's unable to to act anymore Mm -hmm. so looking back on these various performances i i feel a sense of gratitude for i'm happy we did have you when we did have you yeah (laughs) sorry i don't get to see you anymore
1: absolutely absolutely Uh, I think if you want to swing on over to the more comedic side of things, uh, absolutely go with things like the Naked Gun, Police Academy, Airplane, like all of that, all of that stuff, um, I I think would be a surefire hit. Uh, We already mentioned Fringe, but yeah, if you want another kind of like the episodic case of the week, crime of the week kind of thing, I briefly mentioned Lucifer. Um,
0: That's a good one.
1: That is very loosely based off of the comics of the same name. um, But it's the basic story is that Lucifer himself goes to Los Angeles to start a bar uh, and somehow stumbles into being like a police consultant uh, with a detective there, and so they're they're solving all kinds of uh, cases and crimes and stuff like that. But they also do the 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 thing where they will kind of play with the format every now and then, and maybe uh, you know here's an episode that takes place in the 1920s, or here's one that takes place in the 80s, or right. Um, so they 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 have some fun with that. There's of course a million of the the like case of the week, crime of the week shows out yeah. there, all the CSI Turn on USA spinoffs at any time. And NCIS, all sorts of stuff, Law and Order. Um yeah, go go check out all of that. Um I I I guess less so case of the week, but uh, one of my favorite comics uh, has always been uh, the has been Gotham Central. Um, mm-hmm. This is a comic about the police department in Gotham <laughs> City and kind of what it means to be a, a police officer in a city where Batman can often solve the crime faster than you. Um, and the inciting incident in that is that another cop is killed by Mr. <laughs> Freeze and the cops take that as like a personal at- attack on them. So they want to solve the case before Batman can, can and the race is, is on. Um but it, it, you get to know some of the characters there in the police department as they are solving cr- cr- crimes and taking cases. There is the day shift and the night shift and uh, stuff like that. They, it's just it's an interesting book if you want m- more of the actual crime side of of things there. So go check out Gotham Central, too. So good stuff. Uh, I think that's all for our recommendations. Uh, but for our next episode, yeah. speaking of DC Comics, um, we are about to dive into Human Target, uh, written by Tom King with art by Greg Smallwood. Um, this is one that I, I had started to read. I, I had this on my radar as it was coming out. Um, and I've, I've read the entire series, but almost immediately as I started writing it, I was like, Melissa, I think you would really like this book. Um, and so I've, I've, I've talked it up. I've hyped it up to mm. Melissa and you were like, Hey, we finally need to put this on the calendar. Yeah. Um, so well, like I said, we are reading a uh, human target by Tom King and Greg Smallwood, Uh, According to the little Amazon description here, uh, here's the synopsis. It says, Christopher Chase has made a living out of being a human target. A man hired to disguise himself as his client to invite would-be assassins to attempt his murder. Uh, He has a remarkable career until his latest case protecting Lex Lothar goes sideways. Uh, I won't read much more than that, except for the prime suspects just happen to be the Justice League International. Um,
0: I don't. The human target, I thought this was some sort of mid century spy or secret agent or like action story. I don't think you specified to me that this was within the DC Universe.
1: Yes, it takes place within the DC Universe. Huh. Um, it, it, it he is hired to, yeah, basically pose as Lex Lothar to, like, find some assassins that that might be out there t- trying to kill Lex Lothar. But it goes <sighs> sideways uh, and, and some bad stuff happens there. And all the signs point towards someone in the Justice League International. Uh, Has has done this. Now, if you are unfamiliar with the Justice League International, this was one of the comics that was running in the post-crisis era DC Comics in the mid to late 80s into the early 90s. Um, It is one of my favorite iterations of the Justice League Uh, When James Gunn recently announced all of the like, hey, we're making, you know, new Superman, new this, new that, new Supergirl. Um, The Justice League International is one that he's kind of pointed to as being an inspiration for his version of the DC universe. Um, Go check out Justice League International. It's great. It has one of my all time favorite moments in comics uh, in the first like volume of that but all that goes to say it has this even though it takes place in more modern day times it has this kind of nostalgia for a bygone era uh greg Smallworth, small work small small words artwork all has this like very classical uh like 1940 1950s like advertising style yes. It's gorgeous. It is beautiful. Um, highly recommend ch- checking out this book. It's won a number of uh, Eisner's for Best Limited Series, Best Penciler and Inker uh, in 2023. Uh, so it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. It's 12 issues. Um, okay. I know it's uh, not available on Comixology Unlimited. I know you should be able to buy it just fine on on Kindle or Comixology. Um, If you have access to like Hoopla or something, it might be on there. Ah. I haven't looked yet, uh, but also if you have the DC Universe Infinite app, it is all on there as well. Um, So there are, are some places you can can check it out. But yeah. That is what we will do in 2 weeks time. I'm excited to talk about this one. It's a great little crime murder mystery uh book here uh with some incredible art. So, good stuff indeed. I think that about wraps us up for this episode of the review show. So, Melissa, where can the people find you on the internet? <laughs>
0: I have a boxed. I don't. I. I didn't like using anything, and I'm like maybe I'll like using letterboxed, and I haven't made myself do it yet.
1: Well, there you, you can, go. You can,
0: <laughs> I. You can. I. I don't know. I'll skip it this week. I don't feel confident uh, in being found anywhere. Just don't know, <laughs> say, tell Kyle you said hi
1: sure yeah that works you guys can find me at yo kyle springer Uh, and if you want to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at the whatnots we are on Reds at the whatnots official uh i have not hit the the button to do this stuff at the end there we go the song should be playing uh right now so yeah that's where you can find us on social media uh but yeah if all that sounds good to you please go like share and subscribe that helps us out a ton if you're watching this on youtube go check out some more of our videos right over there on that side of the screen that would also help us out a bunch uh yeah this has been number 286 of the review show we will see you all next time Bye. bye